All right. Praise God. Good to see you all today. Amen. Glad that you all could make it. I'm glad that you're all <coughs> alive and well so that you could make it. Praise the Lord. That was a wild ride. <laughs> you know, we might have got distressed, but we're not discouraged. We're not, we're not depressed. You know, we got pushed around, but bless God, we're still standing. And faith still overcomes the world. <coughs> Jesus is still on the throne. And the Holy Spirit still lives on the inside of us. Yeah. Amen. So qu if, you're, if you've been moping, get, get the devil to quit you from being from doping. <laughs> Don't be doping. Don't be moping. God is still a good God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, he is. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Turn over to Psalm 121. <clears throat> uh, we looked at a couple of things Wednesday night. If you weren't here, God brought out a lot of good things Wednesday night for us. Um, <clears throat> we don't have live stream, so you have to go back to the old-fashioned way of buying a CD <laughs> if you want to listen to it. <laughs> Amen. And um, personally, I think it was worth getting. Because these are things that we're, you know, a lot of people think that when the storm was over, it was like, oh, it's over. Well, the storm's over, but things are not done. Right. You know, how many of you lived through Hurricane Charlie? <clears throat> you know, two in one lifetime, I think that's enough. <laughs> I'm not going for the threesome like Paul with his shipwrecks, okay? <laughs> yeah. No. <clears throat> so, uh, but... Uh, you know, it's very, very important. I, I really hated not to have service last Sunday because we did have power. We had power by, fr uh, by um, <coughs> Friday evening. Uh, and, uh, but we didn't have service because I didn't want you all on the road. Too many stoplights were out, yeah. crazy people on the road, and it just wasn't safe. There was still debris around, so I thought it would be best for you to stay safe. Because if you didn't stay safe, you wouldn't be here today. <laughs> well, we're glad that you're here. <coughs> well, here in Psalm 121, verses 5 through 8, <coughs> and we looked at this one Wednesday night. He says, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. <coughs> Amen. Now, you know, when it says there that he'll protect you from all evil, that doesn't mean you don't have to deal with evil. It means he'll protect you from the evil bringing you down, that you'll have victory over the evil. Isn't that right? A lot of people think, well, you know, why did the evil come on me? And, you know, I thought, you know, I was protected from evil. Well, you're still here because you were protected from evil. See, that's like people that say, well, if Jesus healed my sicknesses, why do I still get sick? Well, if Jesus bore your, sick, your sin, why do you still? But we won't go there, you know. And the, the bottom line is, is that when you sin, there's forgiveness. When sickness attacks you, there's healing. And when evil comes against you, there's victory. Because the Lord is the one that protects you. Amen. <clears throat> now let's look at it in the Passion Translation. Psalm 121, verses 5 through 8 in the Passion Translation. It says, Jehovah himself will watch over you. He's always at your side. He's always at your side. He's always at your side. Because he's your standby. He stands by you. He's always at your side to shelter you safely in his presence. He's protecting you from all danger, both day and night. Yes. He will keep you from every form of evil or calamity as he continually watches over you. You, you will be guarded by God himself. You will be safe when you leave your home and safely you will return. He will protect you now and he'll protect you forevermore. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. See, the storm came, but he's protected us and we've come through the storm. 
and we're okay. Yeah. So that means we can take care of whatever repairs need to be made. Yeah. You know, it's just stuff. Yeah. It's all it is. It's just stuff, right? Yeah. Stuff is repairable. Stuff is replaceable. Yeah. Amen. Glory to God. Here's the old thing. Don't do it in your own strength. Right. Don't, don't trust in the arm of your own flesh to do the work. Uh, in Psalm 31, 24. In fact, let's look at that. Psalm 31, 24, the New American Standard. It says, be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who hope in the Lord. So when our hopeful expectation, not I hope something happens, I hope things change, I hope it gets better. No, a hopeful expectation, knowing that the Lord is by your side, knowing that the Lord is your protector and the Lord is your supply. Isn't that right? Having that hopeful expectation in the Lord, that means we can be strong and we can take courage. You know, courage is something you've got to take. You take on the courage and you take on his strength. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah, all through the storm, there was a lot of people that stood with us in prayer. Lots of people all around the world and the country. Uh, <clears throat> in fact, Dennis Burke and Dennis and Vicki Burke stood with us. Their whole office was praying for us. Uh, Terry and Renee Mize was standing with us. Doug and Susan Wingate up in Tampa. And Doug sent me a text. He says, now that the storm has shifted, we have adjusted our prayers towards you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Jim Willoughby, ICFM members, many ICFM members prayed with us. Uh, Pastor Datha, Lisa, and Kempe up in Seed Church in Savannah. Kenny and Tanya uh, Fletcher, Pedro in, in Louisiana. So a lot of people were praying with us. Charlie Milbrode over in Thailand, they were praying for us. So lots and lots of people all over. And you know, Paul said it in Philippians 1.19 that I know that this will turn out for my deliverance because of your prayers and the provision of the Spirit. You know, and that's what it takes. It takes all standing together. And like we always talked about with the Roman army, you know, the shield of faith is not a little round shield like the parade shield. It was the size of a door. And they would stand behind that shield that was the size of the door, and they would lock arms together. And they would go against their army, and it was like a big wall coming against, uh, against their enemies. All right? So that's the same thing that happens with prayer. It's locking our faith together, standing against our enemy and going against him to bring him down. And he can't stop a force like that. Right. You know, Ecclesiastes says that a cord of three is not easily broken. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. He has brought us through. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We had some damage to the building, but it's just stuff. And it'll get fixed. Amen. 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 It was kind of kind of crazy uh, at times. <laughs> but it's a good thing Pastor Nid and I were here, or we could have lost the whole building. So, you know, uh, the, the front door down by Children's Church blew out, and then the back door got sucked wide open. So if you got a front door and a back door opened, that's not good. You know, you got 175 miles winds blowing through. That's not good. And then, yeah, and then the, uh, uh, the, the, the uh, soffit and everything blew off from the two-story, and all the wind was up in the, the rafters trying to push that roof off. So a lot of the fasteners came loose on the roof. And then uh, the nursery in the back, we lost that. Uh, in fact, that was the, that, if you look across the field over here, you'll see this big white thing. That was the roof. <laughs> <laughs> so, <coughs> yeah, somebody can go pick it up. <laughs> uh, but, you know, good thing we were here to get the door shut, to get the thing plywooded down there when it ripped the door off and we were able to protect the building. And, um, you know, there was a lot of, well, there was a lot of leaks down the front of the building because that driving rain just, uh, you know, blowing up under the roof. It was one thing when you can look out the window, because a lot of the windows were not boarded up, but you could look out the window and see that driving rain coming down, you know, driving vertical rain. But then there was the driving horizontal rain. Yeah. It's called tornadoes. <laughs> you know, you're looking out the window going, that's a tornado. <laughs> uh, 
And we're laughing about it because we came through it. Yeah. Did you come through it? Yeah. Then start laughing. Yeah. Start laughing about it. The, the Bible says God sits on his throne and laughs at his enemy. You know, when he can get you down in the mouth, when he can get you depressed and he can get you into self-pity, he's got you babysat. He don't even have to bother with you anymore. Self-pity is a babysitter. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. And then, um, so we had no power on Thursday, but Pastor Morgan and you, Ellen, uh, didn't lose power. So we went over to their house Thursday, and uh, they had dinner for us. And so we ate over there. And then we came home Thursday night. And just as we came home Thursday evening, some uh, linemen's trucks came into the parking lot because they were looking at some down wires in this area, but you can't stop on Burmont because them crazy people run you right over. Oh, yeah. So they had to get off the road, and they came into the parking lot. So when we pulled in, we went over to them and said, if you need to use the parking lot, you want to stay here and you know work from this area because this is the area they were working at. We said, you can use the parking lot all that you want. So they were grateful for that. And uh, they came to us the next day and said, because you were gracious enough to allow us to do this, we talked to Bird Dog about, Bird Dog is like the lead guy in the whole thing from FPNL. Every team gets a lead guy from FPNL, so they called him Bird Dog. So he says, we're going to talk to them about you getting power first. And we did. We got power first because of that. So that was favor. So because you have power, you know, and because we, we're, we're here now, so because we had power, we're able to host them now for a whole week. And we were able to, every morning, make them pots of coffee, got them donuts, fruit, uh, muffins, just all kinds of stuff for the morning. And then they would usually leave around, um, the last crew would be out of here at least by 8.30. And then during the day, they might come in, and we leave the building open so that they can come in. They use the restroom areas. Some of them had air mattresses, and some people donated air mattresses to the church. And we've set them up in different places in the church so they, they could come in and sleep. Some of them slept in the, in the trucks. Uh, they'd use the restrooms. They could shave. Uh, Brian built some makeshift showers over here, and they could use the hose and clean off. And you have no idea how much that means to them. And then Pastor Nit, of course, you know, she doesn't give them sandwiches for dinner. She's cooking three-course meals for them. You know, I mean, the first, the, and there was about 40 guys. And the first night, Nid, Nid, Pastor Nit's cooking like uh, New York strip steak, baked potato, salad, you know, just taking care of them. Amen. They do deserve it. They work out there like for you. They work out there for all of us. And they're working like dogs out there to get everything restored. So, uh, and, and you know, the, the, the head guy said to me during the week, he said, you know, you have no idea how much this means to us. And I really didn't have any idea. I just figured, well, you got something to eat and stuff. But on the last day, because a number of them have gone back home now and, and about 15 have stayed because they're putting together another team, they have to go to Sanibel now and try to rebuild the island. And that's going to be a mess. And then you got to fight the gators and the snakes and everything else at the same time. So I'm getting there. <laughs> so <laughs> now the sound man is my friend. <laughs> so, so the, the, this, I was sitting and having coffee with this fella. Um, Saturday morning, and he said, again, he said, you have no idea how much this means to everybody. He says, we could go over to the camps that they set up, and it takes you over two hours sitting in your truck trying to get into the camp, and you might get in, you might not get in. And he says, and then if you do get in, you uh, could have a place to sleep, which is not too good. You got to go about a half a mile to get to the showers, walk about a half a mile to get to the showers, and then you got to wait in line for like over an hour to get food. And then he said, you have to carry your luggage with you every place you go, because if you leave it alone, people try to steal your stuff. So then he says, you don't get to bed till at least one o'clock or so in the morning, then you gotta be up at six. So he says, staying here has relieved so much stress from all of them. 
that it's caused them. That in fact, that some people said that that team had the best morale of everybody because of no stress. And you see, when you're doing that job, stress causes mistakes. And it can cause people their lives, lives and limbs and lives. You know, so thank God we've had that wonderful privilege, that wonderful opportunity to do that. It's not an easy time for any of us. And, you know, some people can say thank you just because it's the thing they ought to do. But these guys were very humbly grateful for all that was done for them. They're away from their families, and it's not easy for them either, okay? And then they went out and they got a card. They went out and bought a card. They all signed the card, a thank you card, and they took up a collection for the church. So, yeah, it was almost $500, and they gave it to the church. And then um, somebody's wife sent a thank you email to the church and sent an offering, and then somebody's grandmother sent a thank you card to the church and put an offering in there for the church. So, and somebody gave us a plaque in fact, it's hanging out there by the bookstore. It's hanging on the wall, and it's a plaque. It says, welcome, and it's a picture of a man, a lineman, going up and working on the lines. Well, a woman had made it specifically for one of the linemen, and he was so grateful, he came and gave it to us. So we hung up the plaque, and the cards are attached to it, if you want to look at it. They're, they're in the hallway. And most of them are Christians. It's actually a Christian organization, a Christian company. And a lot of the guys working there are, are Christians. Amen. So, uh, so again, some of them are going home, some are moving on, but we want to continually pray for their protection and for their safety because they're going to need that. Isn't that right? Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. And uh, they came in Thursday night, uh, you know, during the, right after the storm. They were here Thursday and um, then they stayed here Friday, and, you know, they're stressed and all. But once we started doing what we were doing and helping them out, by Sunday, man, they're laughing. They're having a good time. They even took out their domino games, and they started playing games with each other and just having a good time. <laughs> Relaxed. Yeah. Amen. Amen. No stress, no mistakes. Yeah. Hallelujah. Let's go to Psalm 37. We're going to stay in Psalm 37 quite a bit. Psalm 37 is a great psalm along with the other 149. <laughs> psalm 37, verse 3. It says, trust in the Lord and do good and dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. You know, trust in the Lord. If our trust is truly in God, then we will do good to others. Yes. Amen. Look at the Passion Translation of that verse, of verse 3. It says, keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in his eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of God and you will be secure, feasting on his faithfulness. Yes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. See, if we trust in God, we will live the way he says to live. Isn't that right? We'll do what is right not worried about what's in our hand. We won't worry about, well, what about me? We won't worry about any of that if our trust is in the Lord. We trust his faithfulness. God is faithful. Isn't that right? All right, let me try that again. God is faithful. So since God is faithful, we can trust his faithfulness. You know, it's like that song we sing, and I would have despaired if I had not believed that I would see the goodness of God. And the Bible says in, in Psalms, in the land of the living. Not someday, someway, somehow. Right now, in the land of the living, we will see the goodness of God, so therefore we do not despair. Hallelujah. Amen. So, we trust his faithfulness. You know, this has been Pastor Ned and my lifestyle now for many, many years to where we just trust in his faithfulness. We, we, we always endeavor to do as the Holy Spirit leads us to do with no concern about what's in our hand, what's our ability, or what's our strength. It means nothing because when you obey God, see, if you obey God, if you get your thinking straight, you get your faith straight, when you obey God, the strength will be there, the ability will be there, and the provision will be there. You don't need to worry about none of it. 
If you're doing what God's told you to do, the provision will be there, the ability will be there, and the strength will be there. Amen. We've learned that. We've proved that all through the years. So if our trust is truly in God, we'll do what God says. So this is what, where we at? Three. Go over to verse four in the uh, New American Standard. In verse four, Psalm 37. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he'll give you the desire of your heart. So trusting in God, listen, trusting in God, living God's way is how you delight yourself in the Lord. This is not about, oh, praise God, praise God, praise God. I'm delighting in God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, God. This is what I need. Give me what I desire because I'm delighting in you. You know, your lifestyle has to show it, not your words. Show me your faith without the works, and I'll show you faith by works. The way I live will show faith. You know, one of the guys, one of the, one of the head guys said to me, do you want to pray with everybody or speak? Or, or, you know, we got up and we, we told them how grateful we were for them and how God has blessed us so that we're able to be a blessing to them. And uh, I said, no. I said, everything we believe is shown by what we've done this week. We don't need to get up and preach to them. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. Because that's not what it was about. It's not about preaching to them or not. It was showing the glove of God in action. Amen. And many times that talks more. Because you know what they say about talk. It's and everybody can afford it. But obeying God, not everybody will do that because it's not cheap. It'll cost you something. Amen. But God will always repay you. Hallelujah. So that's delighting in the Lord, trusting in the Lord, okay, walking in his path the best that we can. God's not asking you to be perfect. You do the best that you can, working at it the best you can, okay, desiring to please him. No worry about your own self. You know, dear God, I, I think it's about time we learned that you're worth much more than the birds. Why do we worry so much about ourselves? I mean, right after the storm, the birds are out, their nests are gone, and guess what they're doing? Rebuilding. They even know to do that, and they have no insurance. They're right on the ball. I mean, just as soon as the storm passes, they're out rebuilding. All the birds are out there, and you're worth much more than the birds. And if after the storm, what's needed for the birds to rebuild is there, then what's needed for you is there. Stop worrying. Be happy. Relax. Everything's going to be okay. Amen. Verse 7 through 9. Psalm 37, verse 7 through 9. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil doing. For evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. Glory to God. Now go back to verse 7. And he says, rest in the Lord and wait or twine together, twisting together with the Lord. Right? Don't fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who carries out wicked skin. I don't know if you know it, but after a storm, there are many wicked schemes that come into the area. Amen. Well, don't fret because of it, all right? Because it only leads to anger, and then verse 8 talks about that. So he says, um, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil doing. Well, I wouldn't do evil. You already did in your thinking. Inward evil is just as bad as outward evil. There's a lot of evil all around from sea to shining sea. I don't know if you've noticed that over the last few years. It's becoming more and more evident from sea to shining sea, and globally there is evil all around us. Don't fret. Cease from anger. That will shift your focus off of trusting in the Lord. And therefore, it'll get you off the path of God. Amen. Delight in the Lord and live for him and twine together with him. Wait for him means to twine and twist together with him. 
That's how you can be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You twist together with him. Take on his strength. Take on his might. Amen. What's the song we just sang? Didn't we just sing a song about that? Strength will rise. Amen. Amen. Why is it that so many people run out of strength? Because you haven't waited upon the Lord. Running out. Run, 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 run. Do, do, do. Own self. Own strength. Stop letting the events zap your strength. Say that again. Stop letting the events zap your strength. Amen. You can be physically tired, but you don't need to be mentally weary. See, that's what the curse is. Where the, the Lord said to Adam, you will till the ground, you'll toil. See, that's the curse. People think it's a curse to work. No, it's not a curse to work. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with work, and there's nothing wrong with getting physically tired. It's the mental weariness, the toiling within your mind that runs you down. Isn't that right? Yeah. Amen. So as we twine together with the Lord, our hope is set on God. We can take courage, and we can take strength. Amen. Verse 10 and 11. Yet a little while, and the wicked man will be no more. And you will look carefully for his place, and he will not be there. But the humble will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. Hallelujah. So he says, in a little while. Well, how short is a little while? I don't know. Your life's but a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. So how long is it going to last? Yeah, a vapor, here today, gone tomorrow, okay? So, don't fret. Why? Because, poof, he's gone. Amen. Passion translation of verse, uh, these verses, 10 and 11. Just a little while longer, and the ungodly will vanish. You will look for them in vain. But the humble of heart will inherit every promise and enjoy abundant peace. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So stop waiting. Stop waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. No, you need to stop waiting. And you need to start. Stop waiting and you need to start. Start now. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. Oh, but look at all that needs to be done. Look at all the pro Look at all that's happened. Nah, nah, nah. You're letting the event zap your strength. Enjoy the fruit of your labor. Yes. Did you work yesterday? Enjoy the fruit of it. Yes. See, you don't enjoy the fruit. Oh, we got all this done, but there's so much more to do. No, you're not enjoying the fruit of your labor. You're letting it zap your strength. You're letting it take you down. There's always going to be tomorrow. I have people say to me, did you get all your work done today? I'm like, if I got it all done today, there's still going to be more tomorrow. What does it matter? Tomorrow's coming. There's more work tomorrow. Amen. Amen. You're worth more than the birds, son. <laughs> Amen. He will enjoy abundant peace and abundant prosperity. The humble of heart. The humble of heart will inherit every promise and enjoy abundant peace and prosperity. Glory to God. See, that's the whole thing. It's abundant prosperity. When you're just trusting in your own strength to get the work done, you're not humble. You're proud. That's a proud heart. Do you know how we talk about fear and say most people don't recognize fear? Most people don't recognize pride. Most people think pride is your nose is stuck in the air and you, you, know, you think you're above everybody. No, it's your heart that's stuck in the air. That's pride. I will, I can, I'm going to. That's pride. Trusting in own self. Sure you can, you will, and you, you're able to, but you need to do it with the Lord. Walking in his strength and his grace and in his might. And you can't do that apart from faith. You'll never do it in your own self. You'll run yourself into the ground. And you'll say, I don't know why God didn't strengthen me. 
He's right there by your side. You didn't turn to him. You turned to your own self. Don't do that. Stay free from that. And you'll be able to go longer, go further, and do more, accomplish more. Never quit, never stop, always going. You'll be the real energizer bunny. <laughs> Amen. Verse 19. Yes, you are. Verse 19. New American Standard. Yes, thank you. They will not be ashamed in the time of evil, and in the days of famine, they will have an abundance. Ooh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Abundance in famine. Now, listen very carefully, because this will not just happen automatically yeah. to you. There was a famine in the land with Isaac, and Isaac sowed in the land. Isn't that right? There was famine in the land with Joseph, and Joseph stored up for the famine. Paul was content in putting Jesus first place in his life to be able to accomplish all things, whether he was in famine or whether he was in abundance, right? But there was one thing that neither one of these people did. They didn't whine, complain, and murmur. No whining, no complaining, and no murmuring. You know, to some people, they came through the storm, and they're so glad to be alive to whine another day. <laughs> huh? No. What were they doing? What was Isaac doing? What was Joseph doing? What was Paul doing? Delighting themselves in the Lord. They delighted their life in the Lord. Their life. They delighted their life in the Lord. Walking on his path, following his leadership. Amen. Okay, now let's go to the Passion Translation of verse 19. It says, even in a time of disaster, he will watch over them. Thank you, Jesus. And they will always have more than enough, no matter what happens. Glory to God. Always have more than enough. Well, bless God, you know, I've only got one chicken dinner left. Well, how many can you eat at one time? <laughs> well, what if I eat the chicken dinner? Well, then there'll be something else. Depends on where your trust is. Who are you trusting? Who are you looking to? Are you with me? You know, some people think, well, I'll do good if I have 15 chicken dinners, but you only need one. You need one. That's what you need right now, one. Well, what about tomorrow? Stop worrying about tomorrow. Set your trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't shout me down. Verse 21. The wicked borrows... And does not pay back, but the righteous is gracious and gives. You know, you, you might wonder why we're talking about giving and stuff like this when we've come through this hurricane, the storm, and the devastation. I don't know if you remember in the early 2000s that things were doing well, and then Hurricane Charlie came through. And not shortly after, the economy tanked. You're on the same course, whether you know it or not. The storm has come through, and we're on the way to a tank. And if you don't get this stuff in your heart, you're going to be like the tree that shakes in the wind. These are the times in which we live right now. And if you think the storm was bad... There's other stuff coming. And these things need to get into your heart. These are the things you need to meditate on because there's going to be times decisions have to be made in the midst of the stuff that's going on around us. The righteous is gracious and he gives. Well, Pastor, you know, I, I would gladly, I, I'd have no problem giving away $100,000. Well, that, you say that because that's your overflow. What if that was all you had? Well, I'd give 50. No, no, no. You just said 100. Are you with me? Remember when Jesus sat by the treasury and watched not what they gave, but how they gave? 
And he said of the woman that gave two mites, she gave more than everybody else because they gave out of their abundance. She gave out of, their, out of her living. Oh, well, there's only two mites. That isn't much. That was her whole life. See, how much of our life are we willing to lay down? How much are we willing to say, Lord, whatever you require? Are you with me? So what if you only had one chicken dinner and somebody needed it? What would you do? I'd give him a turkey. I'd give him a chicken leg. See, we're talking about heart condition now. We're not talking about substance. We're talking about heart condition. One who delights, one who trusts, and one who hopes in the Lord has no problem with the giving. They're like a tree planted by streams of water, and they do not fear when the famine comes. Are you with me? We gladly gave to the linemen this whole week. In fact, we started our... Saturday, so last night was a, a whole week, and now we're going into week two. And we never had a thought about what it cost. I mean, you know, if you went out, and of course, we're now on the, on the inflation side of prices, but you can imagine going out and buying 40 New York strips steaks with baked potatoes, salads, and all that, okay? And that was just one meal. So you can imagine what it cost to feed the guys. To which we say, so, who thinks about that? Well, pastor, you got to think about it. Why? Why do you have to think about it? They need to eat. They need to be taken care of. Why do you need to think about it? Are you with me? We never had a thought of what it was going to cost. We never had a thought about, well, we can only give this amount because that's all that we can afford. No. Well, how can you buy it if you don't have the money? Credit cards. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. You buy it on the credit card if you don't have the cash in your pocket. Now, I walked around with a lot of cash in my pocket because a lot of places were closed down and didn't take credit cards. But you used a credit card. Why? So you don't have to carry the cash around. And then at the end of the month, when the credit card comes in, you pay it off. So you've got, from the day you just used your credit card, you've got this amount of time to believe God for the money to come in. Especially if you know there's something you're supposed to do. Are you with me? There's nothing wrong with using credit cards. I just don't keep a balance. So they get no interest. They get no finance charges. They don't make anything off of me. They make it all off of the guy taking the credit card, but they don't make anything off of me because I pay it at the end of the month. I've done that for years. Don't get quiet on me now. Why do we get quiet like this? So we never had a thought of what it was going to cost. We never had a thought of whether we could afford it or not. We never think about what's in our hand. We only think about what does God want us to do because he is the one that supplies our need. Yeah. And therefore, if this is what God said, then God will provide what is needed. Amen. Now, years ago, that was a process. And it came to where I didn't have what I was needed because my faith wasn't at that level. Well, you don't quit. You continue pressing, 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 pressing until you get where you need to be. Amen. Amen. He's gracious and he gives. Do you remember back in January when we talked about the man that was in London and he went to the house to pray for the family? And they lived in deplorable conditions. And he's telling them about how good God is. And he had one $20 coin in his pocket. And God said, give him the $20 coin. And he said, but that's all I have. He said, if I had two $10 coins, I'd give him one. Well, everybody can do that. Yeah. 
That's all he had was a $20 coin. And he wound up giving it to the family to save their life. See, God is a God of abundant living, a God of abundant giving, and a God that abounds in grace. If you'd believe it, you'd live different. Let me say that again. If you believe that, you would live different. Amen. Verse 23 and 24. That's why we continue to meditate on the word. Get it in our heart. Get it in our mouth. Get it in our life. The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. Amen. God delights in us walking on his path where he can bless us and show us our, uh, and we can show him our faithfulness. And you might stumble, you might trip, but you're not going to crash and burn. Have you ever walked with your kids where you're holding them by the hand and then they trip and you kind of pick them up? That's exactly the picture. He's walking with you, holding your hand. You know, he's not like your fifth. He, he's not like a, your fifty-year-old father, and you're thirty years old walking next to him. No, he's talking about you're a child, and he's holding your hand as you're walking along. And when you trip, he holds you up. Yes. You don't stumble. You don't go headlong because he's holding you by the hand. He's at your side all the time to protect you. Isn't that right? When we stumble, we're like the branch. Remember the branch that there's the vine and the branch and the branch that don't bear fruit? What happens? He lifts it up so that it can get the light. And that's the same thing. He's holding your hand. And when you stumble, he'll lift you up and hold you so you don't go headlong. Amen. 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 Glory to God. That's our God. Isn't that right? Praise the Lord. Go over to uh, Psalm 36 for a moment. We'll be back to 37. Psalm 36, verse 9. Because he lifts us like he does with that branch, lifts it to get light. Well, here it says in Psalm 36, verse 9, For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. In your light we see light. Jesus is the source of light. In him was the life, and that life was the light of men, right? He is the source of all light. Now, you know, you could turn the lights down really low, and I could tell you probably that I'd see enough to know that Rob's sitting there. But if I don't know Rob, I can't tell you anything about him. I can only tell you that there is an outline of a person sitting there. But when you turn on the lights... That reveals a whole lot of things, doesn't it? We can able, we're able to see clearly because of the light that gets turned on. You can see the true form of things, okay? And you can see things for the way that they are. Well, the light of God enables us to see things as he sees them. Seeing things the way God sees them. We can form correct estimates of spiritual realities of the world, spiritual realities of others, spiritual realities of ourselves. But we can only do that through the light of God. A man named Karat, he was a great landscaper. And he said, when I find myself in one of nature's beautiful places, I grow angry with my pictures. Why? Because he would paint pictures. And in his studio, he'd look at the picture and say, this is beautiful. What a great job. This looks so good. But when he stepped out into the light of nature, he was humbled to see what nature really looked like compared to his pictures. See, we paint a lot of things in our life, but are they based on the reality of what the light shows us? Are we impressed with what we're doing rather than looking at the light and seeing things the way God sees things and doing things the way God does things? 
Are you with me? We judge ourselves many times in the light of the world, and we can find very much personal satisfaction. But to judge ourselves in the light of the Lord, to judge ourselves or measure ourselves by the divine standard, is just to put our pride to shame. You know, when we say things like, well, you know, I have to keep changing. I mean, how much do I have to change? See, that's the voice of your pride. Your pride that doesn't want to change. Your pride that wants to stand up and say, I've done enough. That's pride. According to the divine standard, there is none of us. Put us all together and we're not even close. But when you judge things according to the light of God and the divine standard of the word of God, we have stuff that we need to work on. And to think you don't or think you'll get to the place to where you'll never have to work on stuff is just the voice of pride. And that's the very pride that's going to keep you from moving on with God and the very pride that will destroy what God has blessed you with. Amen. Only in his light can we truly see the light. Oh, that we would shine the light on ourselves more than we would shine it on others. That we would judge ourselves according to the light of the word of God. And judge others based on the love of God in you. Amen. Back to Psalm 37. Everybody good? Psalm 37, verse 25. He says, I have been young, and now I am old. You know, I said to my son the other day, I said, son, you're getting a lot of gray hair there. He says, I'm getting old. I said, you say that like that's an unusual occurrence. <laughs> he says, I have been young, and now I am old, but yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread. In other words, I was young, but now I'm old. In other words, all of my days... All of my days, I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Why? Verse 26. Because all day long, they're gracious and lend, and his descendants are a blessing. All the days, all the days, all the days. I was young, and I was, now I'm old, and all those days, I've not seen the righteous forsaken. Why? Because all of the days of the righteous, they lend. And they give, and they're gracious. Therefore, they're not forsaken, and they are not destitute. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 32 to 34. says, the wicked spies upon the righteous and seeks to kill him. But the Lord will not leave him in his hand or let him be condemned when he is judged. Wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt you to inherit the land. And when the wicked are cut off, you will see it. <laughs> Glory to God. Look at the Passion Translation, verses 32 to 34. Evil ones spy on the godly ones, stalking them to find something they could use to accuse them. They're out for the kill. But God will foil all of their plots. The godly will not stand condemned when brought to trial. So don't be impatient for the Lord to act. Keep moving forward steadily in his ways, and he'll exalt you at the right time. And when he does, you will possess every promise, including your full inheritance. And you'll watch with your own eyes and see the wicked lose everything. Hallelujah. 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 See, Psalm 37 is about keeping your trust in the Lord. It's about staying focused on him, staying on his path. Don't allow anger to overtake you. Don't lose your focus. Trust in the Lord. The Lord is for us. He's not against us. We, in him, we overwhelmingly conquer in all things. It doesn't matter what things look like and how things seem to be. In him, we're more than conquerors, overcomers in life. Praise the Lord. Yes, Amen. Amen, amen. Verses 39 and 40. New American Standard. 39 and 40. But salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So 
salvation of the righteous. So he's not talking about salvation so you could become righteous. He's talking about those that are already righteous. And he's talking about the saving or the salvation that is for the righteous. So he's not talking about just being born again, but he's talking about a saving in life for those that live righteously. That's what the theme of verse of of Psalm 37 has been about. Those that live righteously, those that live on the path of God, those that do right, those that give, those that are gracious. He's talking about these righteous and these that have a hopeful expectation in the Lord and doing as the Holy Spirit leads them to do. Salvation is for them. Why? Because based on their lifestyle, it shows that they take refuge in him. It's not when the storm hits, they're going, oh, Jesus, help me. Oh, Jesus, help me. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. No, that's not taking refuge in him. We're talking about a lifestyle. A lifestyle that lives in God. That takes refuge in him continuously, regularly, habitually. Isn't that right? Amen. And in that place of refuge where we're delighting in him, that is the path to protection, safety, and security. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. I want to end up over here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we talked about this Wednesday night. And I really believe it bears repeating that even if you heard it, you need to hear it again. Very, very familiar verse, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Well, this is the time for faith to rise to the top. Do you know that faith was made for days like this? This is what faith was made for. Faith wasn't made for when things are easy. Faith is made for when things are tough. And that's when you're supposed to dig in to faith. Amen. Amen. When the going gets tough, the tough keeps going. Because yes, <laughs> we walk by faith. Amen. See, faith never changes. Circumstances change. Events change. Weather changes. Economy changes. Governments change. Everything changes. But faith remains the same. Yeah. If you would walk by faith, it don't matter any of the trash that goes on out there. You never change. Right. You never change the way you think. You never change the way you talk. You never change the things that you do. It's always the same. And this is the time for faith to rise to the top. We always deal with the sight. Obviously, we live in a world where we see, where we feel, where we have to do the work. But we don't order our steps according to and controlled by the things that we see. We walk, which means to tread about, to order our steps and create habits. We create habits According to faith, not according to the things that we see. Amen. Amen. We should have the same habits today as we did a week ago. We should have the same hab. We should have had the same habits <clears throat> Wednesday night as we did Tuesday night before the storm. <clears throat> Shouldn't have changed. The work changed. We had to do more work around here because of it. But faith never changed. It's the same. What comes out of our mouth is the same. What we think is the same. Are you with me? To walk means to behave in a customary manner, focusing on continual action. So why do we want to build faith in these days? Well, I told you the economy is going to be making a big, major change. And you're going to need faith to handle it. Because there's going to be some days that's going to be really rough. And we need faith to handle this stuff. And you need to know beforehand. You know, Joseph knew beforehand where to go. Isaac, he was going to Egypt, but the Lord spoke to him and said, stay here and sow in the land here. So you've got to be attuned. You've got to listen. You've got to pay attention. You know, the famine came and Elijah, God sent to Elijah down to the canal. Go sit by the canal and I'll have the dirty birds come and feed you. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's what a lot of people would say. Oh, I can't do that. Well, then stop. <laughs> God's going to meet your need. And then he sends Elijah to Zarephath, to the, to the widow. You know? And what does Elijah say to the widow? What have you got? Well, I got a cake and a little oil. Me and my son, we're going to eat. We're going to die. Not a good report. So what did Elijah say in great compassion? Give me first. Feed me first. <laughs> you know, you could see the headline, CNN, you know, prophet comes into town and takes the woman's last meal. You know. <laughs> but you see, that was the time of famine. There was no rain. There was a famine. That's why the canal dried up. There was no rain. That's why the food dried up. It was a famine. And there was a woman there. God sent Elijah to the woman to meet her need. And in meeting her need, his needs got met. Amen. God is always there. Right by your side. So what he's saying here, when he says live by faith and not by sight, it means we are to live according to the spirit and not according to human nature and how human nature reacts to life. Do you know that just because you react a certain way and feel good about it doesn't mean it's right? Because it can just be that your flesh is in total control rather than your spirit. This is why we meditate on the things of the Word of God to find out what is of God and what is not of God. Amen. Now, when he talked about walking, this had originally come from Plato. And Plato would walk and talk to people or walk and teach. At, he would teach at the same time as they're walking along. And then it was taken up by his student, Aristotle, did the same thing, walk and teach or walk and talk. But it, for them, it came from the fact about God's voice that walked with Adam in the garden. And it denotes God's presence. The voice of the Lord came in the cool of the day and spoke with Adam. He walked and taught Adam. Come, son, let's go for a walk through the garden. I'm going to teach you some things. And he would walk and he would teach. And it would be said that the voice of the Lord walked with Adam, which meant his presence was there. So when he's talking about walking, he says, so we do not walk by sight or we do not walk according to the presence of our circumstances. But we walk according to the presence of our God who walks at our side, just like he did with Adam yes. in the garden. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He's right there. He's trying so hard to teach you in the midst of all the crap you're dealing with. You need to listen. You need to get out of your own self and what you're doing and get into his presence and let him teach you. Do you think any of this has surprised him? Do you think that this, he's sitting back and going, oh, geez, Jesus, I'm glad that didn't touch heaven. I'll tell you, that would have been bad. Do you think he was worried about that? No. No. It didn't take him by surprise. In fact, before the storm ever came, he already had your answers ready for you. But pride won't hear it. Pride is busy with itself. You've got to recognize pride and put that thing down and not let it control your life and start walking by the presence of the Lord rather than walking controlled by the presence of your circumstances. Amen. The Lord walks with us. Will we walk with him? Will we walk with him on his path of righteousness? Will we be the one that he says about in Psalm 37? The righteous will be saved. Salvation is for the righteous. The righteous, they are the ones that are gracious and they give. The righteous are the ones that they 
do not beg bread. They are not forsaken. They're not destitute. They're not like the tree shaken in the wind. But they do not fear when famine comes because they walk in righteousness on his path with him at this side, teaching and talking to them, declaring what needs to be done and the way things need to be so that we would have opportunity to walk in his ways because we trust him, we know he's faithful, we lean on him and look to him in all things. He is our God. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, I think this is what you're talking about. The, the linemen, they said, we, we, we don't have to continue to feed them all the time. And I told them that as long as they're here, we will take care of them. So if they're here for another two months, we'll take care of them. We're not going to let them go without. Amen. And they even cleared out of the parking lot before you got here. And they came over to pass the knit and said, you want us to clean up the tables and move stuff out of the way? They're always willing to They take the garbage out. They do all kinds of stuff. Always wanting to be a help. And they said, you know, anything that you need done around here, just let us know. To which I said, yeah, because you don't work all day. <laughs> I'm not going to ask them to do anything, you know. So, so, uh, so we want to continue on and do as necessary. Why? Because the righteous is gracious and the righteous gives. Isn't that right? You know, you need to study Psalm 37. It is a very important life, a very important part of life for the uncompromisingly righteous. The uncompromisingly righteous. You need to get Psalm 37 into your heart. Get it in your heart. Get it in your, in your mind, get it in your mouth, get it in your decisions, get it in your life. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, once again, uh, we don't have any live stream yet. Uh, cable's still not up. Um, so if you want to hear this again, it's going to have to be on CD. Praise God. Father, we bless you, Father. Oh, just lift your hands to the Lord. We bless you, Lord. We honor you. We give you all the praise, all the adoration, and all the glory. Wonderful is your name, Jesus. So glorious are you, Lord God and King. There is none like you, Savior of our soul. Thank you, Lord, that you deliver us. Deliver us, Father, whether you deliver us from ever experience something, whether you deliver us out of the middle of something or you deliver us by going through something. The bottom line is, is that no matter what we face and what we deal with, you are our deliverer. We set our trust on you. We set our, our focus on you. We set our expectation of hope on you, Lord God. And we know that things will turn out for our deliverance. Thank you, Lord God for all that you are, for all that you do, all that you've provided for us. Thank you, Lord, that our good is on your mind. And thank you, Lord, for you have created us for good works, that we can do these things. And Father, I thank you that one of the greatest ways to get out of what we're dealing with is by getting our eyes off ourselves and get them on to somebody else and to help them. And I thank you, Father. I bless you that you give us the strength, you give us the ability, and you give us the provision in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look, I'm back to having to use paper again.
Whew, man, I'm glad I remember how to use paper. And I don't have to write notes, though. I can type because I can't read my writing anymore. <laughs> really, because I've been typing for so many years, I, writing's awful. But let me just say this to you about the offering. We can do offering like we normally do, but I want you to know, and you can give by credit card if you want to. If you give by credit card, it's not going to show up on your statement because we cannot run it through until our power gets turned back, I mean our internet gets turned back on again. So you can certainly give by credit card if you like to. I just want you to know, don't look for it on your statement. It's going to be a while before it gets on there. Okay? So just so that you know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you want to sow an extra seed towards blessing these guys, hey, that's fine. You know, I just want to give you that opportunity. God is the need meter. He is the miracle worker. He is the... Uh, uh, the way maker, you know, he is all that we need. Isn't that right? Father, we bless you, Father. We honor you. We thank you, Father, for all that you are and all that you do. I thank you, Lord, that as we come before you with our giving this morning, that whether it be our tithe, whether it be an offering, whether it be a seed being sown, Father, your word has promise attached to it. Father, we come to you because we love you and we are grateful for you. And we reverence you, Father with our substance. Thank you for attaching promise to it so that we can look for increase to come back into our life so that as we do receive increase, we'll have fruit to share with others and seed to sow again back into the kingdom. We bless you and honor you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you need an envelope, uh, for cash or for credit card, it's on the seat back in front of you. If it's not there, just lift your hand. The ushers will serve you. Hallelujah.